You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What's happening, everyone? You are tuned into the Decoding Success Podcast with your host, Matt Labrie. First and foremost, right out of the gate, super excited and super grateful to host all of you today and every day for that matter. So thank you for being here with us as we bring to you yet another extraordinary individual because on today's episode, we are bringing to you our friend, Dan Locke. Now, Dan is a Chinese-Canadian business magnate and global educator best known for being the founder and chairman of Closers.com, which is the world's number one SaaS platform connecting companies to closers. Beyond Closers.com, Dan has led several global movements to redefine modern education, teaching men and women from over 130 plus countries, yes, you heard me right, over 130 plus countries to help them develop high-income skills, unlock true financial confidence, and master their financial destiny. Even beyond his success in business, Dan is a two-time TEDx opening speaker, an international best-selling author of over a dozen books, a member of YPO, which is Young Presidents Organization, which is a private group of global chief executives whose companies employ 16 million people and generate six trillion US dollars in annual revenues. Yes, you heard me right. I said employ 16 million people and generate 6 trillion, trillion US dollars in annual revenues. And he is also the host of the Dan Locke Show, a series featuring billionaire tycoons and millionaire entrepreneurs. Dan continues to be featured in thousands of media channels and publications just like this one every year and is widely seen as one of the top business leaders by millions around the world. Now today, Dan is bringing all of his experiences and insights to the table right here on Decoding Success to help all of us level up in life, business, and beyond. Before jumping into that, a huge shout out to our partner, Gen M, who helps businesses effectively grow their team through their diverse pool of talent solely consisting of remote marketing interns. So if you're a business owner or part of a business that's looking to grow, our partnership with Gen M will help you do just that. Now to check out their platform, all you have to do is head over to the link in the show notes of this episode. It's so much easier for me to just link it because saying it, I don't want it to get misconstrued or misinterpreted. So check it out in the show notes of this episode. And now without further ado, we bring to you our friend Dan Locke. Dan, first and foremost, I need to say thank you for dedicating time out of your day to add value here on Decoding Success. So thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hey, Matt, happy to be here. And I know that we, you know, you used to work with Damon and, you know, I'm a big fan of Damon, what he's done in terms of personal brand and his brand, right? So it's cool. I'm happy to be here. Awesome, man. So first question straight off the bat. This is always the first question here on the show. Personally, Dan, how do you define success? Hmm. I think I would define success very differently today compared to when I was younger. Okay. So I think back then when I was 20 somewhat years old, I think for most young people, I would define success as having the, the, the stuff, right? A lot of stuff, right? driving the car, having the house and, and, and materialistic stuff. Uh, I would define success as that way. That if I've got money, I'm successful, right? Sure. Uh, today, I think I would define success uh, very differently. Uh, just because you have money doesn't mean you're successful. It makes you rich, but doesn't mean you're successful. Uh, I think success I would define as something that you are pursuing a, a worthwhile goals, a worthwhile goal while kind of having fun in the process. Anyone that's doing that in my book, I think is successful. It has nothing to do with money. Someone in, in, in sport, someone, uh, someone who's a mom who's raising a child, Right. That if you, your goal is to make sure that your child is healthy and, and happy and you're doing that and you're, you're putting in effort, you're enjoying the process, to me, you're a very successful person, right? Uh, so I would define success as that way. And I would also define, I think success is, is what you get and significance is what you give. And we could talk a little bit about that as well, how, kind of how I transitioned my life from, from success really to significance now, right? Yeah, I'm definitely curious. You know, 
it's a common trend here on the show that a lot of individuals, and listen, I'm guilty of it myself. I'm 26 years old now, but from 18 to probably 23, it was give me the money. And what that resulted in was me failing out of college. I, you know, I watched my mother battle cancer and honestly, I kept myself out of the house as that was going on by working five different jobs, you know? Mm -hmm. So I thought it was all about healing myself with money. So I really respect you sharing that. Now I'm curious, how do you find yourself staying on track for, you know, those worthwhile goals? Is it as simple as just reading your goals and writing them down twice a day? Or is there anything more to that? That's a very good question. Is so what you're asking is like, how do you stay kind of motivated? Essentially. Yes. And I think, first of all, there's a difference between motivation and drive. A lot of people, they want motivation. They see young people, they go online and they see, hey, let me watch another motivational video. So I, I, I'm motivated, right? It, it's like, but it doesn't last, right? It, it's like a, 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 you take a Red Bull and you get excited and you get high a little bit of it. And then after a few hours, you, you kind of crash. It's, it's good, that kind of thing. So I don't think uh, motivation is you need sometimes i mean you need to be motivated uh, but i think drive is a very different thing drive is an internal force that you are driven by something that's much much bigger that is not a short-term thing it's a long-term thing now for some people you may be driven by hypothetically let's say someone who is driven by revenge Someone wants, I want to revenge something. I want to prove people wrong. Well, that's one form of drive. And, and it's a very powerful force. Like revenge can make people do things that you cannot even imagine, right? Not maybe not the best thing, but it is one type of drive. Some people, they are driven by, it could be by values. That these are my core values. There's no way in, no way in hell that I'm going to deviate from that. This is who I am. I'm driven by that. You look at people uh, who are, who believes in certain religion. I am a Christian. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Buddhist. I don't do certain things. I do certain things. I don't eat certain food, right? They're driven by that. Everybody's different. So drive, on the other hand, to me, so it's much more permanent because it's in our DNA. So I don't think I like, so, so I don't believe in motivation so much. I believe in, are, are you driven by something? And I think if you're driven by example, like I said, like the, the money, the things and all of that stuff, it's fine to a degree, but if you stay there too long, I don't think it's very healthy and definitely it's not sustainable. For sure. Think about like, think about Matt, G- give me an example. Like, give me a goal that you had, something that you wanted to buy, right? When you were, when you were younger and, and you finally got it. Give me an example. You know, when I, it was actually a really dumb decision when I look back on it, but when I was about 22, 23 years old, I was driving a Honda Accord Coupe and I wanted to take that next level. I wanted the Acura TLX when it just oh, came out. Acura, yes. Okay. So Acura. So when you got that, okay. When you got that, um, did you got the Acura? I got it. Okay. So the Acura, when you got the Acura, how long that, that happiness, excitement, how long did that last? You know, it lasted until I got the first scratch on the car. <laughs> <laughs> was it from haters? No, it wasn't from haters. But, you know, here in New York, man, you, you wake up one more. I park in a driveway on top of it all. And, got you it. know, what, if you drag the, the garbage can along the side of the car or something, you get a nice <laughs> rubber mark. And yeah. Forget about it. Okay, so after the scratch, and then, and then how did you feel? Like, I, I didn't necessarily, I loved it. I loved it. But at the same time, I didn't need it, right? And I think there's that big difference, right? Yes. It, it comes down to the want versus the need. So after a while, it kind of takes the fun out of it, right? Now exactly. you kind of maybe, you're, you're worried, you're stressed out. Am I going to get another scratch? Oh my God, I spend money fixing this thing. Should I fix it? Or is it like, right? Or is it, it creates more stress than joy, right? Exactly. Uh, so, so I think any time that we, we're looking for external factors to to feel good, to validate ourselves, that formula doesn't work. But when you're driven by something that's bigger than yourself, that always works because it never ends. Yeah. I, I have this insatiable hunger to, to impact people because I have this gift, right? That I could teach. I could, I, that's what I do, right? That when I see someone, they walk up to me or my student, they say, hey, Dan, you, you, you changed my life. You really changed my life. 
or you, you save my life for some. That you can never get enough. Yeah, that's fulfillment. It's like you can, it's, 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 you can, you don't just want, I don't just, I don't want to, I don't want one story. I don't want 10 stories. I want 100. I want 1,000. I want 10,000. Then you're driven by something that this fills you up and this fulfills you and becomes a very, like a very powerful force. That's yeah. what is going to get you like 6 a.m. in the morning and work. That is what's going to push you and say, hey, you know what? I don't, I, I don't feel I want to do another interview. Well, but you know what? You do it because you don't know what you say, who is going to be listening, and you don't know who, where, how, but maybe what you say, that one thing, one line, one quote, one story, impact that person in ways you can never imagine. When you can think of it like that, then you're like, okay, I'll do it. Even though I don't feel like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it well. I'm going to give 100%. So I think drive and motivation, very different thing. I love that. Listen, that resonates with me on a very high level. I mean, that's actually one of the reasons why I left my job with Damon John just in April of this year, because I felt I needed to double down on the things that were allowing me to impact people. For instance, this podcast, having amazing guests just like yourself, doubling down on my speaking engagements and yes. things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? So I really, really appreciate you sharing that. It means a lot to me personally. And I know the people that tune into this are, are really going to love that. So I appreciate you sharing that, Dan. Now, I do want to touch on your journey. And it's going to be interesting to identify where that transition took place on your journey, but I want to take it back to when you were coming here from Hong Kong. Now, I believe you were in your early teens, correct? Yes, 14 years old. 14 years old. Now, my question to you is, what did you learn looking back on that experience? What did you learn? Are there any lessons embedded in that? What was that transition like in your life? Huge, because I think thinking back, if uh, first of all, you gotta, let, let me take it just even one step further. Why did I move? Okay, so when I was a teenager in Hong Kong, I was getting into a lot of trouble. I was, I was hanging around with the wrong people. I was doing very, very horrible in school. Uh, I was basically hanging around with like gang members. Okay, and one day my father had to bail me out from a police station. I always remembered like that's like yesterday. It's the second floor in the balcony. Me, my father, and the police officer. Police officer was like, hey, I got, I got to talk to your dad. And I'm just like standing there. My dad was like, so, so what's happening? I said, well, you know, your son just got into a fight, getting a lot of trouble. He's hanging, I know the people, he's hanging around with the wrong people. Now, he seemed like a good kid. But let me tell you this. If he stays in this environment, I don't know what's going to happen. He's going to either, you know, get into some serious trouble. He might end up in jail. So it's, as, a, as a police officer that I've been around a long time, let me give you a suggestion. You need to get him out of this environment because this environment is toxic to him. And my father was like, okay. So within a very short period of time, he made a decision kind of like, you know, got me out of Hong Kong and say, boom, okay, you're going to come to this country where you, 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 you would not be able to hang around with these wrong people anymore, right? So that's why I moved. Okay, that's why I moved. So when I immigrated to here, when I couldn't speak a word of English, when I didn't know anybody, with no money, taught me humility. <laughs> it, taught, it taught me that, hey, you know, it's, it's very difficult. People see what, what I do. I say, you have to understand, like, think about Matt. Trying to make it, trying to make it in America, it's, it's difficult enough, right? When you say sure. it's, it's, not, it's, it's just making it. In America, it's, it's bad enough. Imagine. You move to a foreign country where you don't speak the language, you don't know anyone at a young age, and you're like, like, a, like a foreigner, right? Trying to make it there. Yeah. No, I could imagine. I could only imagine. I mean, the, what you went through, I'm sure, you know, it, it built something up inside of you, right? I'm sure your, your characteristics bolstered from the experience of having to deal with, you know, that experience. And honestly, I, I give you so much credit because like you said, it's already difficult to make it here. And then when you, you add those other factors into it, it's a whole other ball game. Now, you know, Dan, I'm curious, was entrepreneurship 
always the, you know, the move for you? Did you always feel like that was the dream? And the reason I ask this is because, you know, just from being exposed to all of these amazing people, you know, technology in general exposes us, made the world a lot smaller. We see that individuals that migrate from countries, and I'm going to give examples, for instance, Sam Bakhtiar, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Their their families came from Patrick but David, another one, yourself, right? You guys are in from my definition of success, you're successful, right? You have platforms where you're able to impact on a large scale. To me, that's what success is, right? It's not about followers or anything of that nature, but it's about the ability to impact on a large scale. Now, the the reason I'm asking this is because, you know, entrepreneurship. Was it always the thing? Uh, was, was it always the move? Was it always the dream? And, you know, I, I know you have a story about when you were younger and uh, a venture, so I'm curious. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like zero. Uh, because, first of all, when I, when I came here, I, I never thought about, I didn't even know what entrepreneurship is. I, I, my, at the time, I was getting bullied in high school. So I was getting beat up, I was getting picked on because in the school that I was going to at the time, I was one of the only three Chinese in my school. Wow. So you can imagine like all the other kids, they think I, I spoke funny and they, I was small. I was, I was 105 pounds. Yeah, like was, you were different. Yeah, like skinny, like, like it's just, just those so they picked on me, right? So, and then one night I was watching uh, cable TV and I saw Return of the Dragon, Bruce Lee. Love it. Right. So, and if you know the movie, Bruce Lee was uh, traveling to Rome and, you know, fight with Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee couldn't speak a word of English and he kicked ass and, you know, and take names and beat all the bad guys and stuff like that. Instantly became my hero. Right. So from there, I, I took, I took a karate class near my house and I became like, I got very passionate about martial art. So, at the time, my biggest dream was to open up a martial arts school. Mm. Okay. It, it, I, had, I, I, I have a few students. I have a little dojo. That was, that was it. I never thought I would do what I do today. Like, not in a million years. Like, not, business never interests me. Money never interests me. I only got into business because I had taken my mom. Right? I couldn't, like, because I, I wasn't doing too well in school because I couldn't speak the language. So, I know I couldn't, I couldn't even, I could barely get a job, right? It's very, very difficult. So I know I couldn't provide for my mom that way. And as the only child in my family, I had to take on that responsibility, right? It's it's because my mom and dad got divorced when I was 16. As a single mom, it's very difficult for her, right? And then my dad went bankrupt when I was 17. So my dad couldn't send send allowance to us anymore. So I had to, like, it's only me, right? So I got into business, because of that, that I needed to, to provide, but also protect my family, right? So it wasn't that, oh, I'm, I have this big dream, I'm going to do these things, I'm going to impact the world. And it was none of these, by the way. So it's not, it's throughout the journey that somehow in life, you zigzag and, and, and say, oh, that's interesting, I could do this. And I never thought of it, think about that. If you, if, you, if you go to a foreign country, you don't speak the language, you're trying to make it, and let's say you're making, you know, you're decent, you, last thing in your mind, I'm going to, it's like imagine you go to China right now, okay? And you just, you're there, you're a teenager, you've got a little business going, last thing in your mind, you know, I'm going to be a speaker. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm going to talk to all the Chinese, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to impact their lives. Yeah, it's the last thing on your mind. It's, a lot, it's like this crazy. It's, it's, you don't think about it. It's, not, it's the same with me. It's the last thing on my mind. It's only when I did, like, I, okay, I joined Toastmasters to reduce my accent. Sure. Because, like, it's a nonprofit club, right? You, you go in, you, you want to improve your skill. I joined Toastmasters and I was going there, showing up every single week, every single week to hone my speaking skill. I just wanted to improve my English and to be less awkward when I talk to people. That's it. It's only after six months of that, because in Toastmasters, they would have to give you this feedback form, right? Everyone say, hey, you know, Matt, you did good. You should improve this way and this way. Like everyone would give you a feedback form, right? After six months of that, people write, you are natural. I said, I'm a natural. (laughs) 
there's not nothing natural about what I do, man. Right? There is yeah. trust. There's nothing natural. Oh, you're you're gifted. My ass, I'm gifted. <laughs> but I was getting compliments, and people said, "Hey, Dan, you've got there's something about your presence. There's something about you. It's the X factor. I don't know what it is. I hear this from people. What do you mean? Like I'm just immigrant like i don't want i don't want talking about no this it doesn't matter your accent it doesn't matter it doesn't matter just something about you maybe it's authenticity there's something about you that's so different that you can captivate people's interests i said it's an energy it's an energy yeah it's just something and and i said is there something i don't know is there something but a lot of people told you got something okay maybe i got i don't know right and i took that and then i didn't think too much about it so at the time I was building my internet companies, right? It's marketing line was doing affiliate marketing. I was doing well. So people then asked me the question, Hey Dan, can you show us what you do? Man, I got online when I'm back in, cause people look at what I do today. A lot of people, they see me on social media. They say, Hey Dan blew up on social media. He came out of nowhere. I got a lot of those. <laughs> An overnight success, a quote unquote yeah, overnight I'm success. Like, I'm like, man, I've been, I've been online since 2004. Yeah. I've been marketing since 2004. Like I, I, I was talking about, I'm talking about Yahoo. I'm talking about the first like go-to overture. Most, most people don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay. I was marketing on bulletin board. Okay. So I've been doing it a long, long time. Anyway, so it goes back to the story. So I was showing people, here's what I, what I do internet wise, right? To, to grow my business, to, to generate income. And people were saying, Hey, you know, this is cool. Like, can you show us more stuff? I said, I want to more stuff. You do this and this and you go. No, 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 no. Like, can you show us? Can you, can you do like a, like, a, like a workshop or something? I said, what is a workshop? <laughs> I don't understand. What is a workshop? No, no, no. You spend half a day a day like teaching us the whole thing, right? And it's like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll teach you, right? Then you, if, if we have a few people. I taught that. They love it. And they say, oh, let's do it again. And they bring on more people. Before you knew it, now I'm presenting. Yeah. Like, but this, again, that's not my plan. That's why success is very interesting sometimes. It, it, you want something, you, you want it so badly, but life kind of has a, has a plan for you, right? And destiny. It's destiny. It's just before you knew it, it's just from there, of course, we grew, we grew, and, and all these things that I've, I've done, all the skills I've, I've honed over the years, and now I'm able to do what I do. But I can tell you, not, not part of my plan at all. No, I love it. Listen, it's a long answer to your question, but not part of my plan. No, listen, I I respect it. You know, you got thrown into the fire and look, and look what happened. You know, you, your back was essentially up against the wall. You had to provide and protect your family, which, you know, signifies and exemplifies how much of a man you are. And I really respect that, especially knowing the circumstances you had when you came here, you know, so absolutely amazing. I appreciate you sharing that. Now you brought up martial arts right? You brought up martial arts, you brought up Bruce Lee. So I'm curious, I'm going to ask you two questions here at the same time. One, what did the practice of martial arts teach you? And the second, you know, on the topic of Bruce Lee, essentially, he mentored you, right? Uh, From from a distance, from a distance. And that is very common today where people are tuned into other people's social media platforms like yourself, Dan, and they're being mentored by you. So my two questions are, one, what did you learn from the practice of martial arts? And number two, what did you learn from Bruce Lee? Wow. Okay. That's, that's a big question. First of all, I'm a huge fan of Bruce Lee, obviously. Uh, And I've actually studied under two of Bruce Lee's original students, Sifu Tet Wong and Sifu Joe Lewis. Both are Bruce Lee's original students. Yeah. So, and when I say I'm a big fan of Bruce Lee, I don't mean like I see a movie, I just watch his movies. I mean, I, I have a whole library of his work. Like I study Bruce Lee. Like I really study Bruce Lee. So how he has impacted my life tremendously. His philosophies, because people think he's, a, he's a, as an actor, but he's actually he's a philosopher. He's, a, he's an artist, right? Martial artist. Yeah. Not just, not just a fighter. And I see what I do. I, he's, people talk about entrepreneurship. Now, Matt, he's my definition of an entrepreneur. And I believe an entrepreneur is an artist in commerce. Now, what do you mean by that? Meaning that we use our skills, we turn our vision into reality. Some people like to paint. Business is our art form. 
Okay. We take an idea, we put together the people, we turn it into reality, and we turn something from nothing to something, right? So that's an art form. That's why I say entrepreneurs and artists in commerce. So in, in martial art, there's, there's, there's so much. Let me give you, I'm going to think a few examples. Let's say um, Bruce Lee's martial art is called JKD, Jikundo, which means the way of the intercepting fist. Um, okay, let me give you a perfect example. Okay, I'm going to give you a perfect example. Let's say talk about in sales, okay? In sales, you have people, one of the most common objections you'll hear is, let me think about it, I'll get back to you. Yep. Have you heard, have you heard of that before, right? Who hasn't? Who hasn't? Yeah, right? Like you talk to the prospect, you know, they're like, hey, man, Matt, love what you do. Let me think about it, I'll get back to you, Right? Now, in martial arts, so in, in sales, a lot of people, they talk about handling objections, right? A prospect throws an objection at you. You're going you're gonna to somehow say something to, to handle the objection, right? Yeah. Objection. So in martial art, it's, it's the same. I'll, I'll make a room. You can see, you can see me okay? Yeah, okay. I'll, see I'll you perfect. <clears throat> okay. So someone throws an objection at you. So think of that as a strike. So we would do example, most salespeople, they would block and then they would counter, right? It's an objection. Let me think about it. Ooh, what do you need to think about? Boom, right? Yeah. That's a very typical, martial, typical traditional martial art. Now, Bruce Lee's martial art, on the other hand, JKD stands for the way of the intercepting fist. Meaning Bruce didn't believe in blocking. He, because from his perspective, blocking is too, you're too reactive. When someone says, I want to think about, oh, oh, right? it's too slow. He believes in intercepting meaning to preempt the strike. So if instead of me blocking and then attacking, someone wants to attack, I just intercept. So it's essentially seeing the step ahead or being a step ahead. So take sales. So instead of wait till the very end, your prospect says, I want to think about it, right? So here's what I'll do. They say, they say, let's do a quick role play, okay? Because it's easier to demonstrate. So Matt, pretend I am, I'm a closer. Uh, you're my prospect, okay? We're five minutes into the conversation. I'll, before I say something, I'll say something like this. I'm going to preempt the whole thing. I say, hey, Matt. Before I get into how I could help you solve your problems, I can help your company. Can we make a simple agreement? Sure. By the end of our conversation, you could say three things to me. First thing you could say is, yes, that you think it's a good fit, that we're going to move forward, we're going to work together. Okay? And that, that's good. We're going to work together. The second thing you could say is no. And I want you to know it's perfectly okay to say no. Okay, if you don't think it's good fit, so okay, no worry about that. The third thing that you could say to me, but I don't want you to, is I want to think about it. Because usually, from my experience, when someone says, I want to think about it to me, what they mean is no. I'll rather just tell me no. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, 100%. That's a preamp. So now we, can, we will not get to the end of the conversation and you would say, I want to think about it. Because I've already made the agreement with you five minutes into the conversation. We're not gonna, you're going to say yes or you're going to say no. I love that. You see, that's a preamp. So that's how I took a martial art philosophy and applied it in business. I can show a hundred other examples, but that's one, one of those. I love that. Right. That's great stuff. Now, let me ask you, you know, when it comes to your mentors, um, you know, you mentioned a few of them that you were able that that have been under the wing of Bruce Lee, and you've been able to be in proximity of them as well. What have they taught you? And you know, obviously, for for those that are tuned in, we already know how important mentorship is from a personal standpoint. Damon mentored me; he took me under his wing. Um, literally, was able to become. Uh, in proximity of him after meeting him at my college, telling him I was going to work with him uh, within a five minute conversation. And next thing you know, turned it into an internship and then a job. So we all understand how important mentorship is, but I'm curious, what were the lessons learned from your mentors? So I have, of course, I have my martial art mentors, which is like, I have multiple martial art mentors. I have my business mentors and I've only had three in my entire career. I learned from a lot of people, but mentor-wise, I only have three. First men, business mentor, uh, his name is Alan Jacks. 
Alan taught me is, was the man who taught me marketing and copywriting. He was the man okay. who taught me how to do that. Uh, my second mentor is named uh, Dan Pania. You've probably have seen him on YouTube, the $50 billion man, right? Sure. In the castle. Uh, actually, I'm flying to see Big, uh, come Big Dan uh, in, in August. That's awesome. So, so that's, he's been my, both have been my mentor for over a decade, second mentor. And the third mentor, uh, Mr. Dwayne Clark, and he's my new mentor this year. And he's the one that's now teaching me something like completely different, which is on, on leadership, culture, and, and performance and purpose. So it's, it's a different thing. So I've learned from a lot of people, but mentor-wise, those three men are the ones who have had a tremendous impact in my life. Now, on, a bit, on, a, on the martial arts side, yes, I've learned from a lot of different people. But I think the biggest lesson that I've learned from on the martial arts side that also works for business is this. Bruce has a quote. I like he said using no way as the way and having no limitation as limitation using no way as the way and repeat the last part yeah using no way as the way and having no limitation as limitation okay I love that okay so what he means is that you can learn from a lot of different people do all that but then at the end of the day you have to find what works for you don't just copy. Don't just try to imitate, but have your own style. Sure. And that's why his martial arts style is not a style. It's, it's, it's not a form. It's, it's, a, it's a set of philosophies, right? And, and I truly believe in that in, in, in business. So learn from all of them, but at the same time, you got to see, hey, that, maybe that works for Damon, but may not work for you. But certain things would work very well for you. So we need to be able to filter versus, I think most entrepreneurs or most young people, they, they follow anyone on social media, including me, by the way, don't take what I say as, oh, that's the only, what Dan says that, or, or Gary says that, or so-and-so says that. You have to know, hey, does that work for you? You have to know how to filter. Yeah. And I think that's the trick. That's the trick. You have to know how to filter, right? Not what I say. What I say works for me. It may not work for you, right? It's, you have to find your own path. And entrepreneurship, by definition, is finding and creating a new path, walking a path no one has walked on before, while learning from other people who take their proven principles. Yes, do that, but at the same time, don't try to copy. Exactly. It doesn't work. You try to copy what I do, it won't work. I try to copy what Gary Vee does, I will 100% fail, 100% of the time, right? I can do a pretty good Dan Locke, but I cannot do Gary Vee. Yeah. Right? So why, why would I? But both, we're both good. Right? We both have an audience. We both, would, we both are build our companies in a totally different way. And that's, that's the good thing about it. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, that's, the, that's, the, that's what's beautiful about entrepreneurship. You can find your own path, right? That, that example, like Gary talks about hustle. Um, I talk about leverage. Yeah. Right? I don't, I don't believe so much in that, but it works for, for both. Like I have my thing. He has, it both works very well. And I have huge respect. Massive respect for Gary, what he does, right? A hundred percent. I love that. You know, there, there's a very famous doctor who once said that there's no one in the world you were than you. And the, the doctor's name is Dr. Seuss. You know, yes. we all know Dr. Seuss. Yes. And I, I think that very much so stands true. You know, you have to find what works for you. And, you know, you, you mentioned very, uh, you know, while you were explaining that, you mentioned team and culture, something that you're, you're learning from a new mentor this year. And a lot of people that are tuned in are going to want to talk sales, but I don't really want to talk sales. You already talk sales. I want to talk about building a team and building culture. Yes. And especially because it's a new topic or not necessarily a new topic, but something that you're really diving into in regards to leadership uh, yeah. this year. So I'm curious, you know, we, we always hear the, the, the term or the, or the saying, I should say, you yeah. become the, uh, the sum of the five closest people to you. Now yeah. you've built multi-million dollar businesses then, right? So I'm sure team and culture has been a massive part of building these businesses. So I'm curious when it comes to whether from a business perspective or just a general life perspective, what's your advice in regards to building a team around you? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I think both of us are life and business, they, they all interconnect. Yep. It's not, as entrepreneur, it's not, oh, it's, this is my work life. This is my personal life. There's no such thing. <laughs> entrepreneur, it's, it's all one, right? It's all one. You, you've got a cash flow problem in business. You're going to have a cash flow problem at home. Yep. Right? You, you, you disorganize in business, you disorganize, disorganize at home. It's all, it's all the same, right? It's just you're living. So 
speaking of culture and leadership, so from a business perspective, I believe from, if you want to go from zero to a million dollars, marketing and sales, marketing, sales, and offers, you go from zero to a million dollars. You got the right yeah. offer. You've, you've got the right sales. Now to sell, you got the right marketing. You can, you can go from there from 1 million to 10 million. Now you're talking about systems, right? Processes, procedures, infrastructure, right? 10 to a hundred leadership, culture, strategic decision-making. Hmm. Very different thing. Very different thing. Because when you go to that point and you, the business is no longer just you driving it, it's a, a team of people driving it. So what is culture? Culture eats, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. You can have the best strategies, you can have the best ideas without the right team to execute it the right way, nothing is going to work. Exactly. Then, and then how do you scale? How do you create a team? Well, then it has to be how do you attract the right people onto your team? And how do you know they're the right people without the culture part? So the culture part has to do with your mission, your purpose. So think about it, Matt. It goes back to the, the success of significance. You sit down with a potential member to join your team. Okay? And let's say you're, you're one of those lifestyle entrepreneurs meaning you want to make money to sit on the beach and do nothing. Okay? <laughs> Seriously. You sit down with a potential applicant for a position and the applicant is asking you, what's the vision for your company? And you say, well, I want to make enough money so I can sit on the beach and do nothing. My question to you is, is does that inspire anybody? Uh, you know, uh, my, my answer is yes and no, but more so towards the no. Yeah. You because know? what has that to do? People want, any good people, they want to be part of something bigger. Yep. Why Steve Jobs is so phenomenal, why does he attract all these people? Because Steve Jobs is not saying, hey, do this with me so I can make whatever. No, Steve, I'm going to put a dent in the universe. Yeah. That inspires people and that attracts the people that say, I want to do great things. I want to do, I want to do epic things. Right? Impact. Impact. So, so that's what attracts people. So your vision your, your, your mission, it's very, very key if you want to attract the right team, right? It cannot, and by the way, it's not some bullshit mission or all this. No, it has to be how you demonstrate as a leader, you, how you live day in and day out because the people closest to you, they will know. Are you, are, is this true? Is this just like some feel-good statement? Is it, is it who you are, right? Yeah. Know immediately. If that's truly who you are now, then the next step is what I call you have your core values, I'm giving you something very practical that like your audience can walk away with clear mission, clear vision. And then you have your core values. I'll give you an example. I have five core values in my company, team Denlock, loyalty, harmony, high performance, extreme ownership, constant improvement. I love that. That's it. Five. Every single person who's on my team, they know it. They, this is just people who don't embody these five core values they don't, they, first of all, they won't join my company. They won't even last, right? Anyone that's, that's these five all the time. This is, this, I live, breathe, sleep, like sleep. This is the five core values. So then when I sit down with anyone and say, hey, you know what? Those are five, loyalty. Are you loyal? How many do you work well with people, right? High performance. I mean, like, you might think of high performance, not until you're on my team. Most people cannot spell performance. Right? <laughs> you don't know what that is like. And then extreme ownership, meaning you make a mistake, you own up to it. You don't yep. blame, don't point fingers, you don't do any of that. You don't play victim. And then constant learning. Do you like to learn? Because at the end of the day, we are a, a, a global media and education company. So if you don't like to learn, meaning not like, hey, uh, not like, hey, you should, you should go study this thing. No. My team, they, they, they are reading books. They are learning. They are going to events. They are paying to go to, I don't pay them to go to events. You know, most companies, they pay the people to go to events, like to, to learn, to go to, sure. no. My people, they invest in themselves. That's one of the culture that we have, right? So when I go to an event, it's funny. They, when I go to an event, uh, earlier this year, I went to uh, Final Hacking Life. Love it. Russell Brunson's event. I had my team, I don't know, 14, 15 people with me. Like we had a whole big like group of people. 
And then one, one, one entrepreneur was asking, well, Dan, how do you, <sighs> that's a lot of people, man. Like I said, yeah, like how much you, you pay them to be here? I don't pay them to be here. They invest in themselves to be here. Yeah. That's the difference, right? So core, so mission, vision, uh, core values. Love that. Once that is clear, then anyone who you come across, they will know, Hey, it's either a hell yes or hell no. <laughs> Right? You want a hell yes or hell no? In the middle, stuck you're in hell, right? <laughs> you don't want that. You say, they, they, when they, they, they see a vision, they see a mission, they see what you do, they understand core values. They either say, yes, I am home. This is what I've been looking for. Or like, hell no, this is the lot. I, I just want a nine to five. I, I, want, I want like, uh, no, I, I, it's not what I want. It's too intense for me. Great. I'm sure that there are other places for them, just not here. Yeah. So that's what I mean. That's how you build culture. I mean, there are more to it, but it starts off. That's the foundation pieces. Those are foundation pieces. I love that. Now, Dan, I do want to respect your time. I, I noticed we only have a couple more minutes. So I have a couple questions that I always ask. And, you know, this one's tailored to you specifically. I know how much you love Iron Man. So yes. I'm, I'm curious if you could have access to Iron Man's suit. Right, you, you have access to the Iron Man suit. And I'm not talking about your red suit. I'm yeah. talking about the real Iron Matt, Man Matt, suit. Matt, can you pan this? Matt, can you pan this? Can you, can you, I want you to see this. I want you Let to me. see this. Uh, can you see it? I love it, man. I love it. See, I knew you loved Iron Man, man. <laughs> see you, though. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So yeah. if you can get in that suit, right, if you were able to have access to Iron, the Iron Man suit, but it could only have just one capability. Only oh, yes. one capability or mm -hmm. one function, what would that suit be able to do? Uh, ability to, to fly. To fly, right? I hear uh, that. I would love to just to do that. That would be so cool. I hear that. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Now, here, here's another question for you, Dan. If, or let me actually backtrack. What was a piece of advice that you've been given in life that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but it proved to be true over time? Oh, that's one piece. It immediately comes to mind. Uh, my second mentor, Dan Pena, I, I, he asked me the, the, the question, you know, Dan, what do you think is the number one quality of a successful entrepreneur? And I said, well, talent, capital, great idea. Like I gave him a bunch of stuff. I said, no. Uh, oh, oh you, need, you need a team. He said, eh, no. Uh, you need to be, you know, you need to be smart. Well, no. Uh, you need to have a, you know, fulfill a need in the marketplace. Said, no. Said, what, th those are all important qualities, but that's not the number one quality. So, okay, so what's the number one quality? He said, the number one quality of a successful entrepreneur, that's the advice I didn't want to hear, but it's very, very true, is the ability to endure pain for a long period of time meaning having a high tolerance of pain. I, I was like, what, 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 what? I didn't, I didn't get it back then. I was like, I don't understand. Now I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Wow. That, that's great. It's so true. Not talent, not, I, not, none of that. It's can you endure pain for a long period? Of, and I don't mean physical pain. I mean, emotional pain, meaning yep. that, that, uh, could you, would you push forward when the world is against you? When your family don't even support you? When your friends don't understand you? When no one backs you up? When no one understands why you're doing what you're doing, right? When you have those sleepless nights, right? When you couldn't sleep, when you couldn't meet payroll, when you, have, when you put, put, you know, bet everything on the line, everything you've got. Right, not knowing if it's going to work or not, that's all this endurance, like this high torrents of pain. I, I think that's the, and that's why it's so difficult. Yeah, no, I mean that, that's spot on, and those are the realities of entrepreneurship that aren't always talked about. So you sharing that is really meaningful because you know people that are tuned in, you know, they they need to continuously hear things of that nature to understand what entrepreneurs endure. You know, we we see the glories of it, yet the realities are are so hidden. So that that's spot on. You know, Matt, Matt what he's what worries me the most. You see, nowadays you think about anyone, everyone is an entrepreneur. Everyone. 
everyone's an entrepreneur. Uh, uh, everyone's every everyone's a, is a CEO. Everyone is is an entrepreneur. Like the on Instagram, I'm an, I'm a founder. I'm an entrepreneur. Right? Everybody's like that. Uh, and the problem is because of social media, good and bad. That people see, oh yeah, entrepreneur. I could do. They think of a certain. They have a certain image of what it is, right? That is it. Is it a lifestyle? Is it this? Is it the hustle? Is it whatever it is, right? That. But this is this is this is something I never talk about on any show. I'm going to talk about right now. Do you think we have more entrepreneurs than ever? Right. But yeah. I think it's we actually as a society we're less entrepreneurial than ever. Now, why is that? Because oh. entrepreneur, by definition, is you trying to find your own path. You defy conventional wisdom. You solve problems for people, right? Endure long, paying for a long period of time. You look at this whole generation. I think we have a lot of want want to be entrepreneurs, not true entrepreneurs, because the you can see just the way they approach entrepreneurship. You ask even most young people, unfortunately. Right? You thought, oh man, oh man, I want, I want to be an influencer. I want to travel. I want to do this shit. I want to like, all this stuff. You know, you don't hear. You don't hear like what's the plan, right? What was the what was the strategy here, right? You don't you don't hear any of that, and and they just want I want I want to I'm gonna build a personal brand for what? Yeah. For what? Right? What's your model? What's your business model? What what problems? What's your product? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing. And then you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, and and in six months I'm gonna be retired. I'm gonna do I'm gonna be a millionaire in two years, and and all this stuff. You have that mentality. Chance of you getting this is, is like slim to none. Yeah. So that's the problem. And they see this and becomes this whole. You know, they we tweak this person's stuff. They watch this person's stuff. They watch that person's stuff. And and I get sometimes those messages. See, hey Dan, I want to be like you. When I grow, I want to be like you. And I said, do you really want to be like me? Let me show you what it takes to be like me. Yeah. And they're like, oh, then maybe I don't want to be like you. <laughs> when, I, like, when, I, when I show people, like even high-level entrepreneurs, because I consult with some of them, I show them what I do, they're like... They right? back like, away. Yep. Like, like, shit, man. Like, <laughs> no, no wonder you're who you are, right? Look at, look at what you do. Yeah, I, I haven't had that many. I actually, I haven't had one. Actually, I've never had one. I show them what I do, like what it takes, and they say, "Oh yeah, I could do that." No, <laughs> everyone is like, "Oh, <laughs> even like huge companies, CEO of Bitcoin, like oh, I can do that." Right. Nah. Uh, so it, it's different. It's, if people actually know what it takes, if people know, because here's the thing: no one would say, oh, "I, I want to be Tiger Woods. I want to be Michael Jordan," because most people are are. are smart enough to know that they don't have what it takes to be that, right? Yeah. But entrepreneurship, on the other hand, somehow they have this unrealistic fantasy. I don't know where they came from. So, oh, I could do that. Could you? Would you? Oh, yeah. It's this, I don't know where this overconfidence comes from. So I think that's a problem. I agree. That's a big problem. I right? agree. Look at what Damon does, what, he, what, he, what, 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 what took him to, to build his company. What what took him to build his brand? I'm like, like there's no this. I don't I don't know Damon personally, but there's no way. In, there's no way. No hesitation. There's no doubt in my mind. He worked his ass off. Oh, for sure, for sure. Endless nights, endless endless nights. And he's already successful. Yeah. Right. And people say, oh, I want to be like that. I don't know. They, like, they don't see. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they know, they know what it actually takes. Yeah. They think they do, but like, they, oh, they think this, this is what it takes. That this is what they're doing. They think this is what it takes. But it turns out it actually takes this. Yep. Right? Yep. Then, uh, but then when they find out, they already quit. Yeah. That's the realities. It's the realities. Now, now Dan, I want to respect your time. So how about this? Tell us what Unlock It is about. I see we have Unlock It. Unlock yes. it right here. Tell yes. us what that's about. Where can people keep up with you on social, on YouTube's, any other projects you have coming up? You know, l- let us know. Sure. So the my new book, Unlock It, which is coming out in a couple months, and you, I mean, you can get it at www.unlockit.com. 
unlockitbook.com, unlockitbook.com. You can also get it from, from Amazon as well. The last book that I wrote was more than eight, nine, 10 years ago, was my book, FU Money. It's perfect because at the time, that was who I was, chasing success, egotistical. Yeah. Right, driven by more, it's more ego driven more than anything else. Well, it doesn't get any more ego driven than F you money. I mean, the, the title, like, come on, man, right? <laughs> Seriously, it doesn't get any more self centered than that, than that title, right? But I had to go through that. So after I wrote that book, I said to myself, I'm never writing another book again because I know how much work it is to write a book. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not writing another book, I've written the book. Fast forward today, after almost nine, 10 years, I said to myself, I need to do another book because who I was, that's like Daniel 1.0. Now it's like Daniel 5.0. <laughs> like there's, there's like, it's like, a, like old software. It's, there's an upgrade. I want people to know, and especially now because I have such influence in the marketplace, so much, so much reach. I don't want people to think, oh, that's what Dan believes in. That's what I used to believe in, right? But people, but because that's the only work that I have, that's all they could like kind of come up their own conclusions. Yeah. So then I'm like, no, no, no. I, I want you to know I've learned my lessons. Here's what I believe. Like any, any doesn't, I don't, I don't care if you're getting started. I don't care if you're working in a job. I don't care if you're CEO of a global company. I talk about this. There's something you, you will take away from the book. Yeah, so that's why I wrote the book. Right, it took a tremendous amount of time, tremendous amount of effort, and I don't need to write another book, really. But this, to me, is my most. This is the book I would give to my kids. This is the I book. love that. This is this is like you know the signature. Like this is this is the piece of work. That, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll tell a quick story, then I'll I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up. Just this book was supposed to be out already, like right now. I signed a deal with uh, Forbes Books. Forbes, and we delayed it now up to October. Do you know why? Tell us. About uh, a month and a half, two months ago, this is after many revision of the manuscript. I got the manuscript. Final draft. Now we, this is okay, we're gonna go to design and we're gonna print. So we can meet the deadline, right? I go through the, the, the manuscript. I looked at it, I looked at it, I told my editing team, I told my team, I said, I'm not going to use it. Interesting. They're like, what do you mean you're not going to use it? I said, I'm going to trash this, I'm going to start from scratch again. They said, Dan, you cannot do that. You have a deadline, the publisher, all the PR, like it's like... (laughs) It's ready to go. We cannot delay. I said, I don't care. We're going to delay. This is not good enough. What do you mean it's not good enough? We've done too many revisions. You, like, you wrote this piece and we added this like, it's good. Like, it's good. I said, it's not good enough. Uh, it's, it's good. I said, it's not good enough. So I made a decision to, like, it's a big decision. It caused so much conflict and trouble. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I said, I'm going to rewrite. And I, I don't mean like, Matt, I don't mean like, oh, we would Tweak a future. I mean, scrap the whole thing. We start from scratch. Really? New outline, new intro, worth completely. No, I don't even use anything from there. Like, gone. From start from scratch. And that's why the delay. I'm glad we finished it. Now the time frame is all good. But that's how serious I take it. That's yeah, how it's, I take it. It's for impact. I, I respect it. I respect it. And listen, I, I know I'm excited for it. You said in October it's releasing? Yes. Perfect. Perfect. You know, everyone. Even a bit earlier, maybe even earlier. I know we're going into like the final, final phase already. Awesome. Awesome. We'll definitely be on the lookout. Now, Dan, where is everyone going to be able to keep up with you on social if they're not already connected to you? <laughs> yeah, danlop.com on YouTube, on, on Instagram. I'm sure people can find you. But danlop.com is my main site. That's my hub. And it would, it would you know, branch out to everything else that, that we do. But I do want to say that if you follow me on social, it's all nice. I mean, you follow me on social. Uh, I think my, my hope, my, my aspiration is for you to actually take what you learn and implement. It's no good to just watch. No good to just say, you know, watch, watch man, watch me. 
that's not going to get you anywhere. Action. Take, yeah, taking what you learn and, and implementing and taking action, now that is going to get you somewhere. Right? Exactly. You're not going to watch me and get to where I am today. But you can watch me and help you to just take uh, one little step, right? one extra step, like get a little bit better, hone that skill, meet that person, you know, take that new action or, or get out of your comfort zone just a little bit. If you do that, I'm very happy. You know, post on social media. Let me know. I'm, I love reading those comments. Like, I don't care if you say, oh, Dan is cool. I don't give a shit about that. Okay? <laughs> what I care, I really don't give a shit. I, what I care is, hey, Dan, this, what you share here, help me accomplish this. Help me solve this problem. Right? It changed the way I do this. Now, that is cool. That doesn't get over me. I love, I love, love those messages. Love those messages. That's awesome. Dan, listen, I appreciate you hopping on here and adding, you know, a ton of value. I'm, I'm sitting here. I have all my notes here. I'm sitting here <laughs> taking notes. So I appreciate it. I know everyone tunes appreciate in appreciates it. Well. it. I appreciate, it. I appreciate Thank it. you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Woo! There it is from Mr. Dan Locke himself. I had an amazing time having this conversation with Dan, amazing time decoding his success, and then even more amazing time being able to amplify it to all of you, sharing Dan's message with all of you and not being selfish and holding it to myself, evil laugh, cue the evil laugh. But seriously, what I'm gonna ask you to do is to connect with Dan on social. As mentioned, he is on all the platforms and you can find his links to the direct platforms in the show notes of this episode. So if you want to connect with him on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on whatever else I'm not mentioning right now, you are able to do just that with one click, making it super easy for all of you. But to the point that he just made, he doesn't want you to just connect and watch. He wants you to take action. He wants you to be the one taking action. So don't be the person that's sitting on social media just scrolling and watching everyone do their job or do do their thing you know you need to be doing it as well and that's one thing that Dan emphasized he wants you to be taking action on top of connecting on social be on the lookout for his book called unlock it it is coming out in a couple of weeks if it's not coming out sooner than that make sure you're on the lookout I'll drop the link unlockitbook.com where you'll be able to get that on top of getting it at Amazon whatever you're most comfortable with the link will be in the show notes of this episode again, making it super easy for all of you. And it's about that time where we start to dissect the amazing value that has been amplified on this message right here. And the first thing I wanna start with is something that struck me in a way and made me realize that I learned a shit ton from things in my past that I didn't even realize. And I'm gonna give you the example. What I asked Dan about was essentially his love for martial arts. What did martial arts teach him, right? And on top of that, what did being mentored subliminally or indirectly is the better word by Bruce Lee. Now, a lot of us in today's day and age get that mentorship indirectly. How many people tune into Dan Locke's content? How many people tune into the Decoding Success podcast? That's essentially getting mentored in an indirect way. Mentorship might be used a little loosely in that sense. You know, it might be just using it as an outlet of advice or knowledge and insights and experiences and things of that sort. But you get what I'm saying. So when I asked Dan that, and his, his response was amazing, right? So his response was all about being a step ahead. And he actually gave us a perfect example in sales, something that I've applied to my personal business at 1B Branding, right? It has been absolutely amazing ever since having this conversation because I've been able to preempt the responses and the conversations that I'm having with these individuals. So I asked myself in regard to a similar situation and a question that I asked Dan about this, I asked myself, Myself, Matt, what did you learn from playing baseball? What did you learn from your coaches? What did you learn from playing basketball? What did you learn from your coaches there? What did you learn from traveling every summer? Or, you know, whatever the case is, what, you know, I asked myself, what did I learn from the things that I loved? And I think that's something that we can all do because there are lessons within every single thing. It's just that we have to be able to look for them. And after doing that, I have a shit ton of things that I've learned. 
and I know it will be the same for you. So what I want you to do, I'm going to ask you to literally test yourself. Or not test yourself, but put yourself through an exercise of identifying some of those things and, you know, connecting the dots in a way. Connect the dots through your past experiences. Now, moving forward, the other thing that Dan mentioned on the same topic of martial arts and Bruce Lee was the fact that he studies Bruce Lee's philosophy. Now, it's one thing to read books. It's one thing to watch YouTube content. It's one thing to listen to podcasts. It's one thing to whatever. You get what I'm saying? But it's a whole other thing to study. Now, here's what I did. I absolutely love the mentality of Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Absolutely love them. Not because they're my favorite basketball players. That's besides the point. I absolutely love their desire to be the best at what they do. And they did exactly that, right? And I watched countless amounts of interviews. I I read countless amounts of books, right? I, I read books from their trainers. I read books from them. I read books about them. I watched YouTube content. And I literally studied how they prepare. I literally studied how they eat, how they train every single thing because at the end of the day how you do something is how you do everything right and i think that is exactly what is exemplified here you know dan studied bruce lee and he really dove deep he didn't go super wide even when he talked about his mentors he mentioned that he only had three business mentors up until this point he also did acknowledge the fact that he took advice from elsewhere but he went deep and i think that is something that we can all learn from instead of being a sponge to literally every single person in the world it's like no just go deep on someone you admire and someone that you believe can be of value to you through their work ethic and their their drive and their determination and things of that nature and it's a world of difference absolutely world of difference so i already gave you two i have so much here i literally told dan at the end of the episode i have a whole shit ton of notes so i don't want to go through every single thing but i'm going to go through a couple more jokingly but seriously i absolutely love how quick dan was able to answer my question about that iron man suit that goes to show that he already knew what he wanted out of that suit and he said it was to fly i don't say that lightly because that's That goes to show, you know, again, studying. But lastly, I want to talk about what we talked about briefly in regard to entrepreneurship and enduring the pain, right? The emotional pain that comes about it because, oh man, it it takes a toll on you. And I'm speaking from experience here as I get my agency 1B branding off the ground, you know, it or I should say keep it off the ground. It's challenging. It is challenging. Self-deprecating thoughts creep in, dark times creep in, and you know some days it hurts and you question your decisions and things of that nature, the list goes on. But what I wanna say that I forgot to mention in this conversation, or something I wanted to mention in the conversation but it slipped my mind, is the fact that you don't have to go through the pain alone. I want to let that be known because listen, mental health is a really, really big thing these days and it's always been at the end of the day. It's just, you know, more awareness is being brought to it these days and I really, really appreciate that. So I do want to shout that out. And what I mean by you don't have to go through it alone is this. You can have individuals you talk to hire a coach, hire a coach. I think that is so freaking important. Hiring a coach or really going in with accountability partners or communities or something of the nature where you're able to talk to people about what you're going through. And listen, if you have health insurance, which I hope you do, go see someone to talk to. There's no shame in that. I don't think that there's any shame in that. Now, entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. So I want that to be clear. And that was the point that we were getting at here on this, you know, in this conversation. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. And the fact that we see it so glorified on social media, that makes it look like it's for everyone. And that's where shit hits the fan a little bit. So I, I don't want to get the two points misconstrued or misinterpreted here. But what I do want you to know is that if you do choose to go down the route or you know if you caught that entrepreneurial bug and you really want to act on it just know that especially if it's not in your dna to be an entrepreneur just know that you are going to endure some pain you're going to endure some pain and it, it differs for everyone right 
It differs for everyone. Sometimes it's going to last a few months. Sometimes it's going to last a few years. That's the reality of it. You might experience some panic attacks. You might experience some anxiety attacks, whatever the case is. And listen, this is much, much bigger than entrepreneurship. This is if you are chasing your fucking goals, you are going to feel that discomfort. You are going to feel the pains of growth. This is the reality of it. The, the point I'm trying to convey here is the fact that you don't have to endure it alone. I'm not saying drag people into your problems because that's not the point I'm trying to make. What I'm trying to make is that you have the ability to talk to people and that is a very, very powerful tool. So I highly suggest you using it. Now, listen, I like I said, I can go on for days here, but to wrap this conversation up, what I want you to do is drop this. If this was a value to, I, I want you to drop this to anyone you're close with, any of your colleagues, any of your friends, your co-workers, whatever the case is, listen, share it with them. You know, I'm not selfish. When these conversations come around, I share it with all of you. I would love for you to do the same with everyone else. It takes, you know, just a few clicks on a device. Honestly, it takes less than 30 seconds to be able to share it. And if you want to share it on social, you already know I'll shout you out. Just make sure you're tagging me. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook at M-A-T-T underscore L-E-B-R-I-S on Instagram and Twitter, on Facebook and LinkedIn, just Matt Labrie. Make sure again, you're connecting with Dan. If you haven't yet, drop that rating and review. That means the absolute world to us. It helps us get people just like Dan on this show. And we're shooting for 200 by the end of the year. We are getting there. We are getting there, but we need your help. You have the ability, you have the power, you have the choice to help someone achieve their goal or multiple people here achieve their goal and that would mean the absolute world to us so everyone again thank you for joining us super super grateful you were here rocking with us until next time be blessed peace